0: Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 662. Valerian started to hum quietly to herself as she gathered in the next beam of starlight, brightening things an imperceptible amount. The shape in her lap looked like thick dark cloth. Seeing this, I realized what she reminded me of: my father sewing. Was she sewing by starlight? Sewing with starlight. Realization came to me in a flood. Shade meant shadow. She had somehow brought back an armful of shadow and was sewing it with starlight. Sewing me a cloak of shadow. Sound absurd? It did to me. But regardless of my ignorant opinion, Valerian took hold of another strand of starlight and brought it to her lap. I brushed Any doubt aside, only a fool disbelieves what he sees with his own eyes. Besides, the stars above me were bright and strange. I was sitting next to a creature out of a storybook. She had been young and beautiful for a thousand years. She could stop my heart with a kiss and talk to butterflies. Was I going to start quibbling now? After a while, I moved closer so I could watch more carefully. She smiled as I sat next to her, favoring me with a hasty kiss. I asked a couple questions, but her answers either made no sense or were hopelessly nonchalant. She didn't know the first thing about the laws of sympathy or Sigildry or the Alar. She simply didn't think there was anything odd about sitting in the forest holding a handful of shadow. First, I was offended. Then, I was terribly jealous. I remembered when I'd found the name of the wind in her pavilion. It had felt as if I were truly awake for the first time. True knowledge running like ice in my blood. The memory exhilarated me for a moment, then left me with a broken cord of loss. My sleeping mind was slumbering again. I turned my attention back to Felurian "'and tried to understand. "'Before too long, "'Felurian stood in a fluid motion "'and helped me to my feet. "'She hummed happily and took my arm "'as we strolled back the way we had come, "'chatting of little things. "'She held the dark shape of the shade, "'draped easily over her arm. "'Then, just as the first faint hint of twilight "'began to touch the sky, "'she hung it invisibly in the dark branches of a nearby tree. Sometimes slow seduction is the only way, she said. The gentle shadow fears the candle flame. How could your fledgling shade not feel the same? And that's the page and the chapter. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana.
1: I'm Jeremy. And it feels like we've been here before. I know. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> Some sort it's of deja vu time all loop. over again. <laughs> yeah. They changed something in the Matrix.
0: Uh-oh.
1: I'm, of course, referring to the fact that uh, this is a lost episode, or at least we lost it. We recorded it, and then we couldn't find it anywhere, so we clearly didn't record it. So we're back so again. So it's possible
0: we might repeat some things, except for you don't know that we're repeating them, because we you haven't heard them because
1: yet. Because only we <laughs> in this time loop. We've been repeating this episode every day for a thousand years. <laughs> Until we learn how to become better podcasters, you're like doing the things like talking over each other. Our, <laughs> you're pulling the curtain all the way back on our
2: podcast uh, shenanigans. Here, they can see that our podcast booth is just like a toilet in a concrete room. God, it's important um, that they know that we're podcasting. human
0: and we have flaws.
2: <laughs> I was about to say it's important that the exact opposite is true. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of uh, not being human. This is one of those moments in the book where Quoth is confronted with something that he simply has no frame of reference for, no way to explain, and the person who's doing it has no frame for explaining it to him. Like it's so, it comes so easily to her that she can't or won't, but I think can't explain to him how she's doing it because it just like doesn't. It would be like me trying to explain to you like how I walk or how I
1: breathe. And I think it's very telling Kvothe's reaction because he goes from offended to jealous. Like his only to re- like he never really accepts it. Right? He never goes, "Okay, this is something I cannot understand." His reactions are like deep effrontery, Here's something I can't understand. That's that's Not offensive fair. to me. Yeah. yeah,
2: which is like relatable.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, not I in a good way, should, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think that we should take that into the calculus of Quoth's character going forward. I think you know, I, I have agreed to ease off my my harsh reading of Quoth, but I do think that this is you know not a positive characteristic, and perhaps stands to cause some uh, damage if he can't overcome this. Or maybe this is one of the things he has to learn in order to succeed ultimately and to you know, become coat. Maybe this is part of his tragic flaw is that rather than accepting there's some things he cannot know, he decides to take it as a, as an insult and a challenge. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't see
2: that as a necessarily negative characteristic, but it certainly has the potential to, to go badly given the other things we know about Quoth as a person. But I like, I think it's a neutral characteristic to be a character who's just hungry to understand how the world works and when he's confronted with something that goes against the grain of all his considerable accumulated knowledge so far to take offense like you're telling me that everything i knew about the world cannot explain everything that is in the world
1: i think that i would also be offended i take exception because i think it would be a very neutral stance to Uh, to want to learn many things but when confronted with something that you cannot learn or cannot be explained to you to kind of like accept it and move on and internalize that as wisdom but I think that it is not neutral and in fact is emblematic of deeper turmoil in the character of Quoth that and like I think it's also relevant that he doesn't linger on this it's just like okay this is his impression but this sequence isn't about that, but there's a lot that narrator Kvothe doesn't tell us. This might be something that really rankles him, and it might be something that frames his actions moving forward. But I, I don't take it as like relatable or as neutral. I see this as like a rather dark and menacing character beat for Kvothe.
0: I think it can be both. I mean, I know that's like yeah, that's like my course. line on... Yeah, I know, yeah, 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 yeah. But, okay, I think...
1: I'm, I feel like I've been here before. I feel like I've heard this <laughs> this exact conversation before.
0: It's possible that it's like that because this happens every time. But I think, okay, so Jeremy's on the side of like... Like it's relatable, and you're on the side of like, no, it's evil and sinister, and it's like maybe it's relatable because somehow, some way, we're all a little evil and sinister. Like we all kind of have a dark side, and I think that it's fair to say that so does both.
2: I really do want to push back against the idea that it's somehow evil and sinister to believe that there's nothing
1: in the world that you can't explain and can't understand. I mean, I believe that about the real world, but I think that in a world where there's magic, oh, okay, maybe I'm I'm prov- I'm maybe it's a false equivalence because maybe Quoth sees it all as science rather than magic. Although I do wish this, it goes back to like me being frustrated at him to refuse to learn Elodin's lesson is like, if he could, you know, with the distance of a reader, I understand that if he could take the philosophical view and understand that there is wisdom and power in accepting that you cannot understand everything, uh, you know, and that's also how he's able to name. And on this page, he talks about being frustrated at losing, the you know at at being immersed briefly in the naming state (laughs) avatar state and then uh removing being removed from it like i i feel like the true path to wisdom here is in in the acceptance and in the acceptance of not being able to understand everything there comes the mastery that Quoth is after and so it's a little frustrating for me because i'm like if only you would get it Quoth, you would succeed more in this version of the story I've imagined in my head. And I want to be
2: clear that I don't disagree with you on that point, but he wouldn't be Quoth if that was his
1: attitude. Alright, that, that's fair. Uh let me be clear. He's a teenage boy be who's really uh, smart he would not be and, if he is that was his attitude. Right?
2: Like it would be inconsistent in his character if that's the attitude he took here.
1: Which master would Obama play? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think he'd be like somewhere between Kilvin and someone else.
2: Oh, oh no, he's uh he's uh the chancellor. Oh yeah, he's, he's just a rules <laughs> yeah. lawyer. He like you know he might he might be a like relatively pleasant person, but he just loves rules and procedure.
0: <laughs> That's reasonable. Okay, wait, we're off the page. Back to the page. I have things. Um, I have a small thing and then a big thing. So the small thing is on the page when uh, he notes that like after a while he moved closer and then Valerian gave him like a little kiss while she's working and that's just very sweet and lovely and I like it a lot and it gives me the warm fuzzies and I just felt like stating that. Um,
2: yeah, it feels very like domestic. I You, know, one kind of, you like, say I that like it's that a bad thing. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't say it like it's a bad thing. Okay. I think it's like sweetly domestic, because I like I do that with my partner all the time. Like when one of us is like working on something, you know, I think the difference being like when my partner is like writing or whatever, you know, I might just walk by and give her a, a kiss, but Foth is gonna is gonna start pestering
1: uh pestering her and she's like, shoo, shoo, I'm busy. Yeah. Yeah, I think the last time we recorded this episode, you were talking about how this reminded you of like, you're sweet, but leave me alone. Like I'm busy now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: It's very, uh, feels like work from home. Because I feel like this happens to me all the time when I'm working from home.
2: (laughs) Flurian is the queen of work from home.
0: Okay, so that was the one thing. And then the other thing is the thing at the end of the page where she's hanging the shade in the tree, and that's, like, curing leather.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we talked about this in the previous iteration of this time loop, that this, you sort of, like, have to cure the shade in dim light because otherwise it still remembers that it's shadow and it will disappear if it goes into light too soon so it has to like the gentle shadow fears the candle flame it needs some time to to acclimate and this reminds us of the process of curing leather. And it does add this magical process a veneer of
2: verisimilitude in that it, obviously we don't really understand the process that Valerian is is using but Using this kind of analogy of of like you know curing a piece of hide or whatever, it becomes a little bit more relatable, like we can see the shape of what she's doing, if not the nature and,
1: of and and the the mundane action, the mundane familiarity of mm-hmm. sewing that Crowth recognizes from his time with yeah True. that doesn't change either
2: in fact, it's kind of the combination of doing seemingly mundane things uh in an a totally fantastical way like that is kind of the essence of the magic in this sequence. Like, she's sewing, but she's sewing with starlight. You know, she's hanging something to cure, but it's, like, a shadow cloak that she made
1: out of starlight. Anything else, Jordana?
0: Uh, only that it is uh, the end of a chapter. This chapter was called Shade for obvious reasons, and that's it.
1: Yep.
2: Love a chapter titled with one unambiguous meaning. Yes. <laughs> and listeners, we will throw shade at you on tomorrow's page.
0: Of...
1: The...
2: Wind... wind.